as I've talked to people about where I'm at, so many people like you just did are like, you're doing it. Like I, I'm very much at the point now where I'm like, I'm tired of being mad at God. I don't like where I'm at with God. I want to be in a different spot and I'm desperate to get there. Welcome to Approach, Holding Faith and Holding Space. Hi, my name's Mandy, and welcome to the first episode of the Approach podcast with Power to Change students. I've been on staff with Power to Change now for 10 years mostly working on campuses, getting to meet lots of students, talk to them, hear their stories, journey with them as they ask really tough questions. I'm just getting back from a year being off with my daughter, Chloe, who just turned a year old in August. Excited to be back at work and in a very new place, actually. I used to work on campus with students, like I said, but now I'm working in the creative communications office where we do things like this, like podcasts. Uh, When I came back, I was approached with the idea of doing a podcast where we would listen to stories and hear people and their experience with struggle and with life and how that has impacted their faith their experience with God, how it's led them to ask questions that maybe they never thought they would ask before, and how they've interacted with their community. How was it with Christians? How was it with their family? And where are they at now? Where are they with God? Where are they with Christianity, with faith in general, with the idea of God? Whatever their story is and whatever their journey is, we want to hear these stories. These stories have often been kind of cast aside, and we don't want to do that anymore. We want to make these stories known so that people who experience these things feel normal and know that this is just part of faith and this is part of life and the combination of the two of them. So on this podcast, we're going to be doing a lot of listening, listening to stories to give those stories audience so that they can be heard but also so that we can reflect on them and see how it might give us understanding in our own stories and our own experiences with life and with faith and how those, uh, those two things collide in messy ways sometimes. When I started back to work and heard about this idea of a podcast talking about stories like this, I was really excited. I was excited because I was just coming out of a year that would fit this description perfectly. As I mentioned, I became a mom to my daughter, Chloe. And though she is awesome and being a mom has its ups, I experienced a lot of downs in the process of becoming a mom. Six weeks after she was born, I recognized that I was feeling very different, um, that emotionally my anxiety was through the roof. I constantly felt like things were out of control, that I didn't know what I was doing that I was failing. I started experiencing panic attacks as well. And there's lots of different reasons why. Part of it is just hormones, hormones in pregnancy and uh, what happens during pregnancy and what happens after delivery. On top of that, I was severely anemic 
through Chloe's birth, I lost a lot of blood and had to go into the OR. And as a result, was in just a tougher spot, feeling more tired than a mom after giving birth (laughs) and trying to take care of a newborn who didn't like sleep, still doesn't really like sleep, and just was very sensitive in terms of what she needed and when she needed it uh, and how she wanted it. (laughs) So as I talked to my social worker, especially in those early weeks, she reassured me that it's no surprise that I was experiencing these things in light of of Chloe and I's journey um, from delivery to through the first few weeks of her life. Before having Chloe, I did experience some anxiety, but managed it largely through working out and just outlets like that. But when you become a mom, you you lose those things. Uh, you very much lose control of your your body, and they kind of take over for for a time. And so, not having my coping mechanisms, I uh, I needed to learn new skills. Uh, so I joined a support group where I got to know some other moms that were struggling in similar ways, which helped make it feel more normal. I didn't feel as as broken or as messed up as I thought I was in in really struggling with just this new role of being a mom. I got some helpful tools within that support group to help me deal with tougher tougher moments, especially at nighttime with Chloe. Uh, But it wasn't until she turned six months old that I hit my lowest point, where I actually experienced suicidal thoughts and had never had thoughts like that before. I just didn't feel like I could handle uh, everything that was going on, and I didn't know any other way to fix it. So it was at that point that I talked to my doctor and started on a med, and things finally started to turn around a little bit. After being on the med for about a month, I I could finally look at my husband and say, hey, I actually like being a mom. (laughs) I actually think this is a good thing. Um, Or even, and this might shock some of you, but even I love Chloe and genuinely meaning it rather than feeling like I'm, well, I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to say this and supposed to feel these ways. So it's been a long road. It's been a tough year of experiencing a lot of new things in becoming a mom, but also a lot of new new struggles in terms of mental health. And then you throw faith into all of that. As someone who had been in ministry for 10 years and had been a Christian for a little bit longer, I, I know God. I knew God. I know that He is the source of all peace, that He is our source of hope. But as I went through these struggles, experiencing quite the opposite of hope and the opposite of peace, I remember turning to him throughout the year and with a desperate plea, not necessarily for him to change my circumstances or make the struggle go away, but I just wanted a bit of hope. I wanted a bit of peace in the midst of the chaos, just a break, even two minute break from that heaviness. And... As I asked him repeatedly and with what I thought was faith and asking him for things that he was, as far as I knew, was supposed to be eager to give me, it didn't happen. I didn't experience that. And so as you can imagine, I felt abandoned as someone who had served God for so long, who was pretty confident she knew that God loved her and wanted to be a part of her life and wanted to come into circumstances and, like I said, not necessarily take them away or change them, but be a source of comfort and hope in the midst of them. All of that came to question. 
I started questioning all of all of these things that I thought were so true of God, all of these things that I had looked many people in the eyes and told them was true about God, I started questioning. And I'm still questioning a lot of it, just in terms of God's ability to help us in this life. I never thought I'd ask those questions, but here I am. And at the end of the year, like I said, those things aren't resolved. Um, I'm still working through a lot of them. I've been pretty open about my experience with it, um, but also selectively open. (laughs) The idea of talking to Christians about it was not something I wanted to do um, because I had a, a lot of assumptions because of my experience and because of the way I journeyed with people that uh, I would be turned into a project or someone that they wanted to fix or advise out of the situation that I was in. And I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to be heard, but I also wanted to be free to go through what I was going through. And I didn't think Christians would be able to to offer me that. And I think some of it was definitely assumptions. Uh, sometimes it was true. Sometimes people were just trying to be there, but I was too closed off to it. Um, but the one person that was there throughout it all, who I was open and honest with and who I didn't hold back from, uh, was my husband, Brian, who's actually with us today. Welcome, Brian. Morning. Morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm good. Thanks. How long have we been married? We've been married for three and a half years. That's right. We met each other uh, probably four and a half years ago at a very special place to us, which is Summit, Camp White Pine in Halliburton. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the first time we like really got to know each other. That's true. We met like, well, probably close to six years ago. Yeah. When I first started going to GBC. Mm-hmm. So. so what'd you notice <laughs> <laughs> that singing voice that's mm. yeah yeah that's uh i fell in love with your singing voice like really early on i remember hearing a song that i heard and this is me as a really new christian i remember hearing cornerstone uh at at another church and then heard you sing it and it was like wow that's awesome <laughs> so i kind of had my eye on you after that <laughs> Oh, yeah, I had my eye on you pretty early on as well. I remember when you were baptized. That's kind of, that's when I really got to hear your story, at least. Uh, And I remember coming up and I can't remember if it was a hug or shaking your hand, but there was, oh, okay. (laughs) Someone remembers. (laughs) Uh, And then asking you to come and join us because I would always get everybody to go like out for lunch after church just to kind of build community at the church. And I would always invite you and you would always say no. Yeah. Always. Every week you would say no because you had to go watch football. Yeah, a lot of football. (laughs) (laughs) But then I asked if you would come and be a volunteer at Summit, um, which is a fall retreat that Power to Change has for students. And I remember you showed up. I still didn't really know you. We hadn't really talked one-on-one at all. But Graham, another guy on staff who I think was actually speaking for the retreat, he came up to me on maybe the Saturday. Yeah, I think it was the Saturday and was like, hey, your friend Brian's got a really cool story. And I was like, oh, 
<laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't really know anything about it. So then we were at the hockey tournament on the Saturday night, and uh, you like sports. Mm-hmm. And you, to this day, get very distracted when there's sports and can't really carry on a conversation <laughs> or anything when sports is on. And I remember asking you next to the rink what your story was, and you very graciously said to me, this isn't really the place for me to tell you. Maybe I'll tell you another time later. Do you remember what happened after that? Yeah, we went to, there was like a bonfire uh, after, and we were just hanging out, and that's when I told you my story for the first time. Yeah, and it was the first time I'd ever spent, I'd ever stayed up late with a guy talking, and I did not know what it meant. And I was very confused after it. But it was also, it was a really great talk. Uh, you told me a lot of your, a lot of your story about how you'd become a Christian, um, where you'd come from, a lot of stuff that I, I didn't know anything about, uh, like the fact that you had actually just gotten a divorce yep. um, and that you had also just gotten sober. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Within like a week or so, <laughs> or the separate, it was a, a very tight timeline. <laughs> yeah. I think it was about 10 days. Yeah. So I was married um, for 10 years and got a divorce in, I guess it was 2013. And alcohol and uh, alcoholism had played a huge role in that and in, in my life for a long, long time. And it's, it's strange. Really what I wanted was to be alone, to drink. And when I got that, I realized that alcohol had such a grip on me. Yeah. Um, and it and it took some separation from my regular life. I lost a career, a house, yeah. a wife. Um, and and looking back, like I I had kind of sensed God pursuing me in that time. I was sort of thinking differently, and I I was writing a bit, and I was writing differently, and. And God was was definitely pursuing me during that time. And when I when I finally did kind of hit my bottom, I remember it was after a, a tough night of drinking and waking up alone. And I had to get out of my house that I was in because my wife was my ex wife was coming home to pack. And I was just I just woke up like totally devastated and really for the first time prayed didn't even know I was doing it. I just wrote down on a piece of paper, like I need help and that's okay. Hmm. And, um, yeah, then my, my dad came over and then the morning before, yeah, the day before my parents were over and I had been drinking and chatting with my mom. And I mentioned to my mom during, during that chat, I'm like, you know what, mom, I think I need AA. And, uh, we had this conversation the next day. She told me that I told her that, and I didn't remember hmm. telling her that. Hmm. Um, and so she had contacted somebody who had contacted somebody who had kind of paved the way for me to get to an AA meeting that night, which I which I did. Uh, and my life is like radically changed uh, since going to my first AA meeting, and that's 
I guess that's about a little over six years ago now. Yeah. So. You mentioned that in hindsight, you can see that God was pursuing you. But what was it like, what, or what were your thoughts or your experience with God or your beliefs about God and faith and Christianity before actually entering into it yourself? I, um, I would say a lot of my faith had to do, it was kar- karma, karmic. Um, I believe that whenever talking, getting into conversations, talking about faith, I, I would sort of stand, I think God is good. I don't know much about a biblical God or, or any of the gods from any of the major religions, but I, I feel like there's something inside people that's good. And, and I think that that's God based. What was your experience then more so around Christianity in particular? What were your thoughts or opinions? Christianity, I felt, um, was judgmental. Mm. Um, I, my ex-wife's family was Christian and had my ex-wife felt some judgmentalness from Christianity having grown up in the church. And her grandparents ran a Baptist church, so very enmeshed. The family was very enmeshed in the Christian faith. She pulled away from it as we grew closer and kind of pulled away from her family. She pulled away from faith. And so that 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 was the main that was the main feeling I had toward Christianity. Her parents were like lovely people and I can see that faith had a huge impact on them and the, just the heart they had for us and the way they treated people was exemplary I would say and I can attribute that in retrospect I feel like that's part of their faith was in seen through the way they treat people did you know that then no. Not at all. No, I just thought they were awesome. Hmm. Yeah. I just thought they were awesome. Where did the the belief of the judgmentalness come from then? Was that more like other experiences with Christians or the media or what? I think those things influenced it. Yeah. One of the stories I remember hearing was a, a couple that weren't married that got pregnant and had to go up in front of a church and and tell everyone. Oh. And I thought, wow, that's that's really hard. They received a lot of judgment and a lot of and I thought to myself, wow, you know, that's a really personal thing. Like I I if if that's something that I'd have to go through going to church, like no way. Yeah. No way am I going to put myself in that position for to to get hurt like that. Yeah. And I didn't you know my views on premarital sex or not christian so it didn't it didn't make any sense to yeah me why someone would want to go through that and i have a little bit more understanding now but uh that that was a big one that sort of kept me away from wanting to go to church so what changed <laughs> that's a um, pretty stark difference from yeah yeah absolutely well um 
I had a number of events that happened uh, in the course of the early stages of my separation and be getting sober and a couple moments with God. I had been doing, starting into a little bit of meditation and through that had sort of sensed a, a presence or a calmness that, that I'd never experienced before. It was also had been in getting some counseling for a long time and and I remember specifically this one this one morning I'd been uh kind of rubbing my chest when I got really worked up and really upset and it helped to calm me down and um that that was something that I was doing beforehand and I was walking through our home and it you know, it was another kind of rock bottom moment where it, it sort of really hit me. This home that I loved and this life that I had was was done. And I kind of collapsed on the ground and was in tears. And I remember, you know, seeing in the movies, well, Christians, they're always drawing, you know, I think it's more of a Catholic thing, but they're always drawing crosses on their chest, right? So, yeah. So I just, out of the blue, I just did it. And with no expectation. And then this like, I had this white washing of peace come over me like I had never experienced in my life. And that, I think, was the first time that I really experienced the presence of God. And, you know, I, I had to tie it to this cross thing. Like, what, what, like, what? <laughs> you know, like, that it was, and, you know, and that experience of peace that I had lasted for, like, hours, not just not just in the moment, but I felt safe in a, in a way that I'd never felt before. When I got into Alcoholics Anonymous, I met a Christian, and he I didn't even realize it, but he started walking me through the gospel like right away, talking about forgiveness and talking about like I have inherent value, and despite the fact that I've done all these things to like blow up my life, I'm still cared for and 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 it hit home i mean i'd heard the gospel before but it 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 never applied to me and 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 over the course of these two weeks where i like i realized like i'm in shock um i'm detoxing from alcohol i'm i'm totally in shock and it just like it landed on me in a totally different way and i just believed it that 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 it was something I needed, um, and I'd never believed that before. So it landed on very different ears than it had ever before. Do you remember? I just wonder what that contrast would have been like to like have this picture of judgmental Christianity, and then to have this whitewash moment with peace and with love. It must have been intense. Yeah. <laughs> It was. It was amazing. And it was like, and leading up to this moment, you know, through meditation and through counseling and thinking, like I'm a thinker, yeah. thinking to myself, there's got to be something more to life than just making money and dying. Because that's, that's all I got right now. There's got to be something more. And when this, when God came in, it just filled you know, it filled a desire. I wasn't even totally aware that I had it and it felt real. And, you know, I, I realized I was experiencing like incredible intimacy with God, 
and I look back on it and I miss it, you know, mm. I miss it being a little bit, you know, we, we've talked a lot le- recently about how God's presence is a little bit different and how it changes as faith matures and whatnot. And I, yeah, I certainly miss like, oh, you know, it was like this aha moment. This is what I've been searching for. And I guess looking like outside of that intimacy at, I didn't really care about anything else in the, in those moments. Like I was just kind of struggling to stay alive at this point emotionally. And, and, you know, I'm so close to a drink again. And yeah, I, I didn't really care about anything else other than just like having this presence, like I'm going to be okay. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. And it's tough for me to hear, to hear that in your toughest moment of struggle, God showed up in such a real way. Like I'm, I'm really thankful we wouldn't be married if that didn't happen. You wouldn't have wound up at the church that we were going to. We wouldn't have, you wouldn't have come to summit. <laughs> like we wouldn't have Chloe. So don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm very thankful and I love you. And I see that God has totally changed your life. I don't question that, but something I do question or struggle with is how in the midst of your your lowest moment, God showed up in such a real way and gave you relief in that moment. And in what I would say was my toughest moment, going into it already knowing God, already, like I had been a Christian for almost 10 years, like I'm supposed to know that God is like this and I've experienced that God is like this and then didn't get it. I didn't have that peace. And like you said, it's, we've talked a lot about how as you journey with God longer, it's sad, but that intimacy with him changes. And I keep hearing that it's because that's how God takes us deeper with him. (laughs) And I'm not sure how that's going to pan out in my life. But I wanted to ask as as you've journeyed with, as we've journeyed together this year through what has been the hardest year of my life for sure, and as you've watched me struggle with God and with anxiety and mental health and all that good stuff that this year has been, um, how, is it, how has it impacted you? It's been hard. It's been, it's been really tough to watch you feel betrayed. That's been the hardest thing, especially knowing how deep your faith is. It's been painful to watch. I, I think that I've been really lucky in that God is kind of, you know, I he's mysterious and I don't know what he's doing, but in my mind, it's like he's kind of shifted from you to me. Hmm. And my journey with God over the last year has been like, there's been an increased intimacy that has helped me stay calm through it. You know, I keep hearing there's big change coming and just, you know, don't worry, don't panic. Everything's okay. So that's been, that's been reassuring, but I've gone through my own struggle, just being mad at him. You know, if this was, if this was your dad who'd abandoned you, I'd be pissed at him and, you know, asking the same questions that you're asking. Why? And, and I'm, I'm grateful, but almost feel guilty that he's hasn't kind of, 
that my relationship with him has kind of strengthened over the year. I, I feel kind of guilty about that, but grateful. I didn't know that you felt guilty about it. I, it's been, I, I didn't know that. And I, I didn't know necessarily the intimacy that you were feeling. This year came with a lot of stuff, <laughs> a lot of stuff, a lot of hard stuff that we've been working through. You started going to school in January. Our family dynamics changed around that. Faith community has changed a bit too. But I will say that I've seen a lot of, I, I say this through like kind of, gritting teeth, I guess, <laughs> but uh, I, I see that intimacy that you have with God <laughs> because of the way you've treated me. Hmm. And like, you've been so patient and compassionate and understanding, especially around the anxiety stuff, because you've experienced it before, like nights where I were lying in bed and I'm having a panic attack and you're the one that's talking me talking me through it and helping me cope with it. But you, like in a time where God hasn't been my source of peace, you have been. And I'm like, I don't want to admit that because I, I want it to be God, but I'm starting to recognize that maybe it's God through you. And that's like hopeful, but I'm... I want to fight against that hope so much. Like I want to be mad at God still so badly <laughs> for how he's treated me or how he's not treating me the way that I thought he would, but he is in different ways. And I'm like slowly kind of starting to soften up to that a little bit. So I'm, I'm thankful though you feel guilty about it. I'm very thankful that you have that intimacy with God, that I can experience it through, through you. And I love you very much. Me too. So we talked about how you experienced really deep intimacy with God when you first started into the relationship with him. And you've talked a little bit about how it's kind of coming back or you've experienced it, it, you've experienced it a bit more in this last year. What was the time like in between? So in the six years that you've been a Christian, that you've been in this relationship with God, what's it been like? It's been up and down. So generally the last six years have been have been good but intense intense the my experience with god tends to kind of revolve around aa and the 12 steps and that process of always looking in to become closer to god and become a better person and you know, root out character defects and so it's there's been pain painful there's been painful times you, you can equate that to the you know refiner's fire from a biblical standpoint um, and there are times when i just kind of get exhausted 
with trying to get better and be a better person. But I, I certainly don't regret becoming a Christian. Um, and it's been, I think, yeah, the, the, one of the things about our marriage and about my experience with God, I would say the overarching feeling is intense. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely been quite the three and a half years. <laughs> We've been through a lot with Chloe coming for sure. But yeah, I know. I remember watching you go through, and that was kind of when our roles were reversed, like you said, when you were in the thick of like figuring out. Because when you, yeah, you you mentioned that when, when you got sober and your divorce, there was also a big career change that happened there. And career and work is really important to you. And especially now with a family and wanting to, to take care of, of us. But watching you go through that process of trying to figure out, okay, am I going back to school? What am I going back to school for? There was a long periods of just waiting and watching you be really pissed with God in the waiting or just like, just tired in the waiting, which, um, yeah, was hard for, for me to see. And, and I'm also a, a go-getter. So I was often just pushing you to, to just do something <laughs> to just, cause it was so hard to watch you in that spot of, of waiting. Yeah. I see in our marriage that it's, it's definitely been, uh, a one flesh kind of thing, like where either your experience with God kind of carries us for a while. And then my experience with God kind of carries us for a while, or we watch the other one struggle while God assures us that it's going to be okay, that he's still doing something there. I think in our, in our three and a half years, this, this past year has probably been the most intense time for me of being on the flip side. Yeah, being the one that's that's leaning onto you really deeply. And I'm sure it'll flip again. But yeah, I remember watching you through that process of trying to figure out if you were going back to school, what you were going to go back to school for, kind of sticking it out in, in jobs that weren't high on the purpose level <laughs> or the like yeah really getting to use talents and skills and abilities that you have so but now to see you in school and to see you doing so well and to see your confidence in in knowing that this is where you're supposed to be your confidence and where we're going to be in a few years as you work through this degree has been really cool for me to see as well and and really reassuring for me too Marriage is a tough, it's a good thing for sure. But like, like you said, it's intense. <laughs> it's hard. And I think that we're both wired kind of similarly in yeah. terms of our introspection. And <laughs> yeah. We're both like quite emotional and it, we experience things pretty intensely. So we experience each other pretty intensely. Mm -hmm. um, Poor Chloe. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty intense herself maybe the most intense of all three of us yeah, yeah. probably she's great but she is intense yeah. love her um can you 
I'm wondering, uh, well, I know something that I've seen in you as well is just how your faith has evolved over the six years, not just in terms of that intimacy, but, and I was going to say before that a big part, you mentioned how a big part of AA is like introspection and character defects and figuring out what those are and seeking to grow those. But another big part of it too is letting other people speak into your life through a sponsor or, and that's a, that's a big part of Christianity as well in terms of like a mentor or a disciple or someone to kind of coach and be there to give advice and direction and, and all that kind of stuff. And I know at the beginning of your relationship with God, and I think for anybody when they're first starting out, it's pretty heavy handed in terms of journeying with people who know God, have known God longer than a hour long experience in your living room or something like that, right? To help you learn how to grow and how to develop that relationship with God. And um, that was something that I saw in you really early on was your humility and your willingness to learn from others and let other people speak into your life. Uh, and I think that was a big reason why your faith grew so solidly through those beginning years. But I've also seen that really change in the last, probably most intensely in the last year, maybe two years, um, where there's, not to say like you've become a proud guy and now you won't listen to anybody. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. But there's a different humility within that. Um, that I think is a big component of your faith. Do you do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, good. I think um, that I've like I've always struggled with self confidence mm. um, and this balance between being arrogant and being horribly self conscious and really depending on other people to kind of build me up and hold me in place and. You know, I still need a lot of affirmation in my life, um, but I've desired to be more confident and not arrogant. That's been a that's been a desire of mine for a long time, and I think over time and slowly that that's coming. Mm -hmm. um, and through some relationships changing and kind of the people that speak into my life, that's changing over the last year or so. I've just been wanting different things and seeing different things in different people that that I'm, you know, I want what he's got. So I'm going to get to know him and, and allow, allow someone else to speak into my life and, and bring different experiences into my life. So that's been... I you know it's been pretty cool the way God has kind of led me to some different people and and given me the confidence to move out of other relationships. That's been sweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just it's been cool to see you trust your experience with God and I guess lean into some of your own thoughts and opinions and experiences with God to let let those things now shape your experience with God even more. And like you said, as a result, changing relationships and and striving. I see you really striving for a deeper connection with God and kind of doing whatever it takes to to get that. But with, like I said, with a lot of humility and, and gentleness. But I see this confidence in you in terms of 
how you approach God. That's grown a lot over the last few years. And it's interesting that that's happening as I'm feeling like the flip, the reverse of that. Like I probably have the least confidence right now in approaching God, not for the same reasons of like just not knowing, but more questioning, is he who I thought he was? Can I approach, do I want to? Like I'm too mad at him to approach him for those things. But yeah, watching watching that that confidence and that desire for something more and something deeper in in you and watching you go for it has been really cool to watch over the past couple of years. Well, on an aside, I think that you're in a lot of ways doing the same thing in terms of like letting yourself go through the struggle that you've gone through and you know kind of carve a different path and start talking to different people about different aspects of Christianity and and experiencing faith in a different way. I think it's pretty brave. And I think like, I've had a great example to watch. I think in, you know, however long it is a year or two or maybe two weeks, (laughs) I don't know, but just, (laughs) I think you're going to change into a more well-rounded person. Hmm. And, and and adding motherhood to your life you know you you you've had like this is my life faith is a big part of it and a change into being a girlfriend and a fiance and a wife and then riding that train for a little while and then you know getting on the roller coaster of motherhood i think it's just like time it's just going to take time to work through all the change that we've gone through and what it looks like in in terms of your faith it's hard to know mm-hmm. yeah who knows i think a big part of this podcast is knowing that we don't know <laughs> and that you just kind of have to ride it out um and see where it goes and sometimes we feel safe in that and sometimes we don't yeah and that sucks yeah i feel like i can feel safe in that for other people (laughs) a lot more than I can for myself. Like as I've talked to people about where I'm at, so many people like you just did are like, you're doing it. Like I'm very much at the point now where I'm like, I'm tired of being mad at God. I don't like where I'm at with God. I want to be in a different spot and I'm desperate to get there, to get, and I don't know what that is, but I'm, I'm desperate to get there and I'm doing a lot of things to try to get there, but I'm not like appreciating the journey at all. So I've had people say like, you're, you're not staying still. You're doing all, you're, you're meeting new people, you're joining small groups, you're reading new things, you're on your way. You um, should really appreciate the genuineness with which you're approaching what you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do that. You should. <laughs> okay. But I don't. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He gets the final word. <laughs> you should. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's getting easier to do as people, as this is like a repeated thing that I'm hearing from multiple people of you're, you're on the right path there or not even the right path. Like you're journeying, you're, you're not stuck, but it's just this like desperate desire to be done with change and struggle. Like I'm tired at the end of this year. I'm tired and uh, the journey of like dealing with the anxiety and getting to the point where I like finally started on a med or hitting that really, really low point. 
having a baby, <laughs> almost dying, like oh, going through all that stuff. Like I'm, I'm exhausted and I don't want to, I don't want a journey anymore. I just want to be where I'm supposed to be. Um, I don't feel like I have it in me to keep, to keep going. Um, but yet at the same time have huge desire to get there. So I just want it to happen faster than it is. That's, that's the, the long and the short of it is I want it to happen faster. Um, but we have to just let it happen. Um, yeah, that's what I'm, I think that's my hope for the podcast is that we would learn that a big chunk of, of faith and of relationship with God is letting it happen. Like letting God pursue us and responding to those those things that he does in our lives to to draw us closer to him even when it feels like he's pushing us away from him but just to to keep going like one foot in front of the other let it go where it needs to go because we don't know the end point (laughs) we just don't know growing in relationship in the midst of struggle has been kind of the theme of the last year i guess and how to stay committed to each other and sacrificial towards each other. Yeah. You you mentioned that you feel like really optimistic about where we're heading and really excited about our, our future and the the depth that our marriage is gaining as we go through life and um, not just our marriage but also our faith together as we figure figure it out all figure it out with God as well. Yeah. It's kind of feel like we don't realize that we've been in this kind of whirlpool of stuff Yeah. until we, you know, the water settle a little bit and we can like sit back on the shore and be like, Whoa, things have been pretty rocky for a while. (laughs) Yeah. But we've gone through a lot of change. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think change will, always happen like that's that's life life is going to continue to throw the unexpected at us and challenges i think it's gonna lead to growth and development both for us together with our family and with god yeah i think that's maybe that's the hope that you're supposed to cling to i don't know (laughs) babe thanks so much for coming on and talking with me thanks for having me (laughs) i hope that our story helps someone and invites them to just be where they're at experience what they're going through and that they have people that like i've had you to go through go through those struggles with So this is the part of the podcast where we talk about what we heard and how it landed on us and the questions that maybe are lingering or how we related. And to process with me are my friends and coworkers, Caroline and Laura. Laura is our audio technician. Hey, Laura. Hey. So glad you're here. Yeah, so good to be here. And Caroline is our producer. Welcome, Caroline. I am feeling so welcomed right now. Oh, good. I'm so glad. I've been working on that <laughs> for weeks. 
very natural. So you guys were both there when we recorded um, with my lovely husband, Brian, Mm -hmm. as he and I kind of shared a bit of our story in the last year. Uh, And I'm curious to know how you related or questions that you guys have. Um, Yeah, or what your thoughts were around what you heard. I guess I just kind of want to start knowing how you felt after this. Because Mm. if I do believe this is kind of the first time you've really spoken about this, at least in a public manner. In a public manner, yeah, for sure. And probably the most thorough (laughs) version of it, too. I mean, I'm a pretty open person. I I really value living with integrity. Um, So I'm not one to make things look better than they are yeah Um, so it's not like no one knew this was going on um I think a lot of people in my life have heard a version of it or parts of it of what's gone on but it was the first time of like it was definitely the first time sitting down with Brian and like putting it all together like we've talked about all those things and we're together for all of it and watched each other go through it but hadn't um sat down and and thoroughly talked about it with each other. So, um, and welcomed the world. Yeah, part of, yeah, well, and invited you into our living room. The world is going to be listening to this. But yeah, yeah welcomed at least. But maybe pop- they are. <laughs> maybe hello world. Hello world. Welcome <laughs> to our Power to Change podcasting, our little realm, our little corner. But are you feeling relieved? Nervous? Not nervous. No. Um. I don't know if either of those words Mm. fit. Um, hmm. I feel, I I feel lighter having processed it a bit more. I've had a really hard time. um, Well, I mean, I have almost one year old, so (laughs) having time to just sit down and, and think and process like that is pretty rare in my life now. It used to be a big part of my life, but um now with with our babe it's yeah we don't have much time and space for it so I'm thankful that I have a job that actually gave Brian and I two hours to sit down and actually think about okay where are we at what has happened this year so yeah I feel lighter I feel more aware um about where I'm at and what has happened this year and I would even say marginally more hopeful about where we're going as well. Um, Yeah, it doesn't feel as far off to think that we might move, not past it, but like move through this onto the next challenge or the next whatever. Um, But that it's, it it feels a little bit more like it's resolving. Like there's, as cheesy as it is, like there's light at the end of the tunnel now that we've had time to, to talk about it so thoroughly I'd say so that's how it impacted me or I guess how it's felt it's been a a week two weeks since we recorded how long has it been anyway doesn't matter it's it's been it's been a it's been a chunk of time um to think in and processes and Brian and I have actually been able to talk about it a few more times since the since we recorded the podcast too um but I'm curious to know what it was like for you guys to to hear. That's been a big part of my experience with this year. 
um, because I'm so codependent in some ways that often a first question that I have is like, what, what do they think? <laughs> How do they relate? Or what are they thinking about me and Brian? Or are they worried about Chloe <laughs> or what? So I'd love to hear from you guys. Laura. Hi. <laughs> honestly think Chloe has got two amazing parents. Um, and I don't know if this is just a me thing, but I tend to be skeptical about people who haven't really experienced suffering in their lives. Mm. People who have coasted through, had it easy and haven't had deep and hurt hardship. And to see, yeah, your relationship not only endure and make it through this season, but continue to flourish and, and yeah, that you guys are honest and vulnerable with each other in front of so many people, so many <laughs> listeners. Um, I think one thing that kept coming up that I like, it just kept hitting my heart was this, uh, the jealousy for intimacy that you guys both experienced that mm. at one point or another in each other's walk with Jesus, that you were um, striving for this intimacy that the other partner had, or were jealous of the fact that God was answering, responding, and showing up when your partner hit rock bottom. But then when you were there, where was God? Mm -hmm. And I think that's just a theme that I think so many Christians can relate to, but we don't say it out loud, hmm. that we might feel like okay, God, like I've been praying for this for the past four years. And then this random girl off the side of the street, she prays for it for a week and Once. she gets it. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? Um, and so it was just really cool to hear you're honest and yeah, just, just putting to words feelings that like I've related to. And I know that our listeners probably have too. Yeah, I would say I, probably recognize that sentiment a lot as someone who's I was about to say been married I'm continuing to be married um yeah someone who's married as well too who's I mean we've all gone through periods of awfulness pain suffering hence why that's why we're doing this podcast why this podcast exists <laughs> we love the podcast <laughs> but um yeah I think to ex see you verbalize that jealousy of intimacy um was very profound and I recognize that own feeling and sentiment myself and to see how honest you were um, and to see that dialogue that I experienced so much in my own life um, was so humbling as well too, to know that that is not alone in that feeling. Um, yeah, I because there's so many times that me and my husband have, one person has been doing great and then the other person's literally at rock bottom and there's that sentiment of feeling, oh my gosh, why can't we be at the same page here? <laughs> yeah. And why are It would be you so much easier. Yeah, it would be so <laughs> much just easier be if we were just on the same path <laughs> yeah. right now. Um, but I think it's also so humbling to see the person you're doing life with um, who's doing well when you're at rock bottom and to recognize that both those experiences just are. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say good, but they just are. Mm -hmm. um, and to recognize that as well, too, in your dialogue with your husband is really refreshing. And I think a lot of listeners as well will feel that sentiment likewise. And I think just shout out to our single brothers and sisters out there. <laughs> shout out to Laura. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, but this is not a marriage podcast. <laughs> no. Let's just clarify that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, 
it's great to see that within a marriage context, but you can still relate to that as a single that is listening right now. Like I don't have anyone that I am currently like living and doing life with. Stay tuned. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> terrible. You can send in your resumes. Oh, uh, no. Right to podcast at p2c.com. Oh, no. This is terrible. This is terrible. Cut, cut it out. <laughs> and yet, if you're free and available, <laughs> and you're listening to my voice, here I am. Um, but yeah, to our single brothers and sisters out there, like you don't have to be consistently doing life with someone that you're intimate and have made a covenant um with in order for this to hit home I think community can come around you in such amazing ways that um and God has created us to live in this community that even if you are not married you can still feel jealous of the intimacy that other believers have around you yeah I think your story just touches on the feelings of comparison that we all feel going through those times of pain and suffering of I'm experiencing the worst season of my life. Why is Laura doing so great? And there's just such anger that you can feel towards others, to feel towards God as well too. And learning to express that in a healthy way, I think is so important. Um, Recognizing that you're gonna feel those sentiments all throughout your life. This isn't any brand new information. Yeah, and I think too, kind of a teaser to other episodes as we've met, as I've met with other soon to be guests um, and just kind of hearing their, their stories um, for a lot of them, kind of where they end up or how that struggle falls on them largely has to do with who was there with them Mm -hmm. and how, how were they with them? (laughs) Uh, How did they support them? How did they listen um, was it with a judgmental tone? Was it fixing? Was it advice? Was it just listening and being present? Um, so yeah, like Laura said, it's it's not just for the married people, but it's um, it's just part of being human. Like we need to be connected to others. We need to be in relationship. And um, I think moments of darkness and suffering highlight that need more than anything else we experience. Um, and it's hard because when we're in that spot, some of us, that's when we totally turn away from it and aren't interested, don't seek it out, are afraid to do it because we don't know how they're gonna react or or whatever. But there's, yeah, we're gonna hear through through the episodes just how, how community can, or how relationship can kind of make or break an experience through through suffering, I think, or really, really impact it anyway. Mm-hmm. I have a question for you, Mandy, mm-hmm. after this interview. Um, how have you found it since your experience this past one or two years of being in community? Hasn't been something that's easy, hard. Mm-hmm. Do you still feel frustrated? I know for me, at least, like it was really hard to get back connected into community because there is feelings of nobody really, really understand I feel like people are judging me. They just see me as broken. They just all want to fix me. They just want to fix me up. But um, yeah, I'm just curious as to how you're feeling then versus now, because you said you are feeling more hopeful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
it's been really hard. So not only did we have a kid <laughs> and did we go through all the struggle that we talked about, but um, we've also changed church communities in in the journey as well. Um, for both Brian and I, when we hit probably our, our hardest moments of faith um, or with faith, um, I'll speak for myself, um, I panicked. Um, faith is um, has been a big part of my life for my 14 years, 15 years, and it's a big part of my work life. Um, and work was a very big part of my life for a long time until I got married and then also had a, had a kid, then priorities kind of shift and stuff. Um, but it was, it just, it felt like all of me was being questioned um, or was in crisis, crisis mode. Uh, and so I, yeah, I really panicked and um, both Brian and I were at a point where it was like, we just got to shake something up. <laughs> like it felt like, it felt like something that was doable to switch churches or try a different church community um, just to kind of, like I said, shake things up, find some refreshment. Um, I don't think it was a fear of community or people knowing there. Um, I mean, a lot of the people do know and they're still very good friends and are journeying with us. Um, but we've also connected with a lot of um, younger families and people that have been, like my my community has changed. I have a lot of mom friends now. <laughs> um, our experience at church is different because um, depending on the Sunday, Chloe may like Sunday school, she may hate it or nursery. And so we're in the service with the one-year-old who is squirmy and needs to eat constantly and read 6,000 books to stay still. Um, so church experiences is different in that way too. So there's been a lot of, of change through it, um, which has been tiring because um, we're already tired as new parents, but then adding like getting to know people and building new relationships um, for us as two introverts with an extremely extroverted daughter is really tiring. Um, but it's also been been kind of good to introduce some new people into it um, who have been very accepting, understanding, have related, have really helped me to see that we're not stuck, that we're still moving. Um, so yeah, so it's a bit complicated because our, our community has changed a lot. Mm -hmm. There's new people, which has been helpful. Um, but the people that we left were also great. So, yeah. I have a question just for the room. Um, so we talked about the like Christian fix it mentality and much of this podcast is just to listen without trying to fix, um, our brothers and sisters. So for our listeners tuning in, um, what would you say to them is a kind way to tell a Christian friend, Hey, I don't actually want your advice. Hmm. Gosh. I didn't do that well. Yeah, I would agree with that. I did not. You would agree that I did not do that oh, well? Oh, no. 
<laughs> like a minute you didn't even know me. <laughs> no, I would agree that I also did not do it well. Let's just clarify that. We did not know each other. <laughs> no, we didn't. <laughs> I feel like that's such a hard question. And it's also, it's such a case by case perspective as well, too. Um, and I think it's also the way you go about it. Because I always just think about even like Job and just reading that story is like brought so much comfort to me of knowing that, you know, I can cry out to God and that is, you know, that is me meeting him and trying to find him as well too. Um, and that's not in vain. And you kind of look at his friends and the way that they went about it was, mm-hmm. they're trying with the best of intentions. They were. They're just yeah. the worst of friends, really. <laughs> well, you can take that with different. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyways. But um, yeah, and you can be saying the right things, but I think it's where your heart is at it. And so I think it's really important for, as a friend, to be going into those kind of conversations of to really just check your heart of being, why am I asking these questions? Is it to find information or is it to actually care for somebody? Yeah, Um, I think so much, I I don't know how much you can ask of the suffering person in that case. Um, Because to be in that spot is hard enough <laughs> then to like i get i get the intention and um but when you're in that spot just the emotional energy that it would take like for for the friends in my life that were kind of approached it as coming to my rescue <laughs> um i didn't have it in me to tell them to stop so it was often just like I stopped texting or I stopped reaching out to them um maybe not really directly I think more what I did was I leaned into the people that offered me what I needed um so I think it it might be more something that the friend can learn how to how to do is to ask what do you need um how can I help you where you're at right now do you just need me here do you, are you looking for advice? <laughs> like, would that be helpful? Yeah. But giving giving the sufferer some options of what kind of support do you need right now? Mm-hmm. It's um, not a one-size-fits-all. Yeah, no, not at all. Like, there were times when I was suffering where um, a good example is, like, uh, a friend of mine from, from church uh, saw me withdrawing from our community a bit. And um, she unfortunately took it really personally and thought it was because she had done something wrong or had hurt me. And so eventually she came over um, to talk to me about it. Um, Well, she had heard that we were leaving that church and she thought it it had kind of blown up to the point of like, okay, it's because of what whatever I've done to hurt her. Um, that's why she's leaving. And so it had, it had become quite the story in, in her mind around it all. She showed up. We talked about it. I explained, actually, this is nothing to do with anything that you did. This is just where we're at um, with mental health and with faith and that kind of stuff. Um, but I... So she had been thinking to come and like resolve this for months before she actually did. And I said to her, like, if you had come a month earlier, I would not have opened the door. You, I wouldn't have been open to you coming in. Cause I, yeah, I, like I said, um, in the conversation with Brian, um, I made a lot of assumptions about people's intentions. Um, and Sometimes they were right. Sometimes they were wrong. 
Um, but it made me close off to a lot of people. So yeah, I said to her, like, if you had come any earlier, I would not have been interested in, in talking to you. Um, but now that you're here, um, at this point in the journey, I'm, I'm open to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the best things for me, at least, was just to have people sit with me mm-hmm. within it. And sometimes that just meant not talking about it. And that's one of the things I actually think Joe's friends did do well at the beginning, at least, was they just sat with him in silence. And I think for me, that is probably one of the best step ones is to just not really do anything actively, but to just be there is sometimes such a comforting presence when words don't seem to be enough. Um, I think, like Mandy said, the emotional baggage or just the emotional energy it can spend just explaining it to person after person can be so exhausting. Um, But to just be a person that you don't expect anything from them and to offer that grace um, can be extending the gospel to them in ways that they may not be experiencing in any other capacity. Um, So, yes, have a good story about that, actually. Um, I have to give a shout out to my best friend, Emily. Um, shout out to Emily. Shout Follow out. her on Instagram. No, I don't love know you, Instagram. Yeah, she is on Instagram. <laughs> we do love you, Emily. So I've known Emily since I joined staff. Um, and I, there was one night, I, I don't, I think I just about started on my anti-anxiety med. <laughs> it was like very close to the rock, rock bo- bottom that I hit. And I was with Chloe. Brian was out. And it just was like really hitting me how um, how deep my crisis of faith was, I think. Um, and I don't think, I'm not even sure if we had ever FaceTimed before. We're really good friends, but we would text. She lives in Ottawa. I live in Guelph. Um, so there's been times where we've been really close. But anyway, um, I ended up FaceTiming her and was just like, I need to tell somebody what is going on right now. So she ended up being the one that I called. I don't remember what day of the week that happened on, maybe a Tuesday. Um, This friend, this Emily, uh, packed her car up, drove to Guelph, and just spent the weekend with me. Um, She surprised me. I was leading a practice at our church and we were just wrapping things up and she walked into the back of the church and I was like, oh, that's weird. That looks like Emily. And then she walked in and I was like, wait a minute, that's Emily. (laughs) And she told me that she had talked to Brian and found out that I was free for the weekend. And she brought, she made dinner for us in Ottawa, brought it, brought breakfast for the next morning, dinner the next night too, I think. But she was just with me. Like, she took care of Chloe so I could go out for a walk. She just listened. Like, she didn't preach at me. She didn't try to fix anything. Um, when you, Yeah, Caroline, when you said that uh, it can, like, help you feel or experience the gospel when you're not at all, that weekend was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is what it means to be loved and cared for when I was feeling like God wasn't doing that. So I had to give a good shout out to, to that friend, Emily, (laughs) who, yeah, in my darkest moment gave me a lot of hope Mm -hmm. Uh, and Brian too, like to see her come and give a weekend to just be with us, um, was pretty amazing. I'm going to (laughs) cry. 
Yeah. I love Emily. <laughs> Shout out to Emily. We love you. I'm Nadwa. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, friends like that. They really impact you. And I don't even know if they know how much they impact you. But God, friends are so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they are. And I know that that's, Emily would say that this is an area that she's growing in too. Like she's learning how to support people that are, are suffering. And I was like, well, you're doing a great job. <laughs> you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> you gave me exactly what I needed. <laughs> and food. Yeah. So. And she's an amazing cook. So it was, it wasn't just like pasta <laughs> <laughs> or something I could do easily at home. But anyway. Is there any final closing thoughts or questions that you feel like need to be addressed before we close this little processing sesh down? I think all I'd say is, yes, the conversation was helpful and did give some hope, but I also don't want to wrap it up neat and tidy and say, oh, everything's great. Um, It's a process, and I don't know if there's an end to this chapter. I think there's change that's going to come. But I just need to to go with it and have the freedom to go with it and see, yeah, see where it leads to with with God. Um, I think all all I can be is is open to it, mm-hmm. and I feel more open to it now. Yeah, and I think that's the best posture to have, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes a little bit to get to that openness as yeah. well, too. Um, and I think that's where the importance of that community comes in is to stick with you in that time period where you don't want to be open um, because that's the reason we're called the body of Christ, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think now that you're at that point, and like I think likewise, I'm also at that point of ready to be open and to, you know, you're just starting to see those snippets of, you know, the big man, Jesus, Holy Spirit tingles. Mm-hmm which is a terrible phrase I should never say again. <laughs> but Ooh. yeah, and I think it's starting to just be reminded and to see again, okay, maybe God does care and you know what? Let's just see where it goes. And yeah, Brian and I have joked about it. Like we're starting to feel like if God, this is so cheesy, we can cut this Bring on maybe. the cheese. But if God had a Facebook page, it feels a little like we finally showed up on his newsfeed again. And yeah. like, he's starting to like things or comment on things. Return your calls. Or return, yeah, yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever social media or communication yeah. <laughs> methods you use. But it feels like, yeah, we're seeing, seeing it a bit more. And I'm, I'm sure down the line I'll be able to look back. No, I'm not sure of that, never mind. I was going to say maybe I could look back in 10 years and be like, oh, yeah, God was there. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I almost... This is going to bring on another tangent. Oh, boy. I almost hate when people are like, oh, you'll be able to see that in a few years. Sometimes you won't. Yeah. I don't don't know if I'll be able to. Yeah. Sometimes it literally will take until eternity to figure out and see what God was doing. Um, And sometimes maybe it's just for the change. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't really have much to do with you at all, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. which sucks to hear in the time period. But I almost think it's worse when people tell me, oh, you'll see what it's like in a few years or so. Yeah. I'm like, no, maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I won't, and that's okay. Yeah. 
And I think it's also important, like within that season that you're in, as people are telling you, oh, in five years, it'll, you'll see God's hand in it to just like, and what I've heard you and Brian say is allow yourselves to be angry at God Mm -hmm. and just allow yourselves to, you know, yeah, it's the, but what about right now? Yeah. Repeat (laughs) David in the Psalms when he's like, kill me now. Like, I just don't want to be alive anymore. Or the entire book of Lamentations where they're just so sad and they have no hope and they don't want to, like the entire book of Lamentations doesn't end with in five years, it'll be better. (laughs) Or when Mandy is reading this in 2019. Shout out to Mandy. Shout out. I'm right here. (laughs) But the authors in the Bible are just raw with their emotions. And they're like, well, this sucks. And then I think there's also hopeful people in the Bible that we can dive into and, and try to and aspire to be like, like, I think of Paul when he's literally in prison and in chains and he's like, oh, I thank this God every time I think of you <laughs> and I pray for you, Paul. I'm not there yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think there is a hope found in the gospel, but you don't necessarily have to be a hundred percent good Christian, like tied to that hope in all of your suffering. You are allowed to be angry with God. You are allowed to be vulgar with him and just say, I don't like the situations I'm in right now. And that's okay. He is a God who can take that. Well, and I think it's better to be angry at him than to not talk to him at all. Um, Because I know just from my own experience and from friends' experiences, it's when you kind of cut down that communication that, you know, you start to go down a different path entirely. Um, And I'm kind of thankful that, you know, people around me allowed me to just sit and be angry with God. And now I feel like I can actually talk to him and feel like I trust him again. Mm. Um, and I know that that was so healthy for me to express that in, in the way that I needed to. Um, because yeah, you see, like Laura said, you can see it written in the Bible. This is a normal thing. People have been sad, angry since the beginning of time, um, to (laughs) think that we're any better hard. Yeah. Life is hard. We're very sinful. It's very messed up. Um, yeah. To think we're any better would be, you know, joking ourselves. Um, but yeah, I actually like, I actually am glad that you don't have a nice thing to wrap it up with Mandy, because if anything, like it's really cool to be able to go through these interviews and experiences and process it with you. Like, I feel like this time is going to be so different then than it is now and just like our conclusions our opinions Mm -hmm. um as well too and i think it will be really humbling and just i don't know i think i am also likewise hopeful um that this might just bring a little light into a place that had a lot of darkness for some people and to feel like they might not be you know the worst christian out there um yeah i'm excited to see where it goes with it And thanks for bringing us on to process these things with you.